Wellness for Real is sponsored by Iron Flask. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you guys know how much I love Iron Flask products. Their 64 ounce wide mouth straw top water bottle is forever my number one must have for my wellness journey. It makes slaying my water goals so much easier and it makes it cute to be honest. Having a high quality BPA free 18-8 stainless steel vacuum insulated double walled water bottle ensures that my water stays cold for up to 24 hours which for me is a must. I also love their overall passion and will to better the environment and cut down on plastic use. They make bottles from 12 ounce sizes all the way up to 128 ounce sizes in so many different styles and colors. I also love that they have straw tops, flip tops, screw tops, and narrow or wide mouth bottles. They really make something for everyone's lifestyle. Beyond just water bottles, they also make amazing high quality tumblers, coffee mugs, food jars, and they offer extra accessories to almost all of their products. One of my personal favorite accessories is the paracord handle. You guys, it comes in so many cute colors to match your bottle, and it's awesome for adventures because of its built-in compass and fire starter. Iron Flask even offers a lifetime warranty against manufacturer defects and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You really can't beat that. Their customer service is legit the best quality along with their value for price and customer satisfaction. Check them out for yourself at www.ironflask.com and use the code wellness10 to save 10% on your purchase. And remember, you got this. Morning, bitches, and welcome to Wellness for Real. It's your girl, Marlena. And today I'm back with the live summer series. And uh, our guest is one of our most popular guests we've had on the show. Actually, the most listened to episode we've made thus far. Britt Pope. Hi. Hi guys. Hey girl. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. I'm so excited to chat again. Uh and we just got to meet in person in real life. Uh what was that? Last week, the week before? Yes. It was so crazy because it was so like spontaneous and last minute, but I get like so pumped with those types of trips and yeah, it was yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah, it was um, a good time. Good time. I literally saw, saw Marlena and I was like, I feel like I'm looking through Instagram stories right now. looking at <laughs> It was so much fun. Was- I just wish you could have stayed longer. That was, I know, I know it's ridiculous. Like I didn't want to leave. I, there was a little part of me hoping that my plane would have, like, I, I would have accidentally like like that's your flight I should have I should have taken my time getting you to the airport right yeah we're going the wrong way (laughs) so it's fun though it's fun though I've never been there so yeah you got to see you got to see Minneapolis for like a split second I drove you through the city a little bit you got to see a little bit so you'll have to come back now right yes yes definitely and 
you'll have to like show me like all those restaurants you were telling me about and all that yes. stuff. So we have it was so fun. much good food here. Uh, so your episode on our podcast has been our most listened to episode. So if somehow you missed that episode and you haven't heard it, definitely go check that out. Britt shares uh, her story of uh, giving up her first two born uh, for adoption. And actually currently right now you're visiting them in Florida, right? Yeah, I am. Guys, I'm outside Starbucks right now. <laughs> um yeah it's uh I'm here right now this was also a spontaneous last minute trip but I'm just always so grateful for being able to come out here whenever I can um of course they would never keep that from me but it's just as a birth mom it's just something that you know being able to watch them grow up and them know me it's 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 always so heartwarming just to see that they're living a good life. So every time I'm able to come out here, I'm just so grateful. So yeah, I'm, I'm out here right now. I'm here till Tuesday. I was able to spend a little bit more time this week. Um, instead of coming for like a couple of days, I'm here for a week. So I'm really just living in the moment and just living in my present time with them and enjoying it. And like I said, just really trying to live in the moment. So yeah, so your episode, it touched a lot of people's hearts. Um, what did you get out of sharing your story with us? Uh, well, it definitely had me like relive the situation almost. Um, so, I mean, I feel like it opened up a lot. Uh, like it opened up my story to a lot of people that potentially didn't even know that a situation like this could exist. Um, and I mean, I already knew I was kind of, you know, strong for going through what I went through, but reliving what I actually went through again by like telling everyone and telling you guys just really kind of put into place that like, you know, I am a strong person and I did go through a lot and it just kind of reinforced that like my gratefulness for where I am in my life presently. Um, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And I'm sure you had a lot of people reach out to you um, about that episode, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I mean, it was it was crazy because I had people that would message me that were like in tears or I'd have people that, you know, messaged me sharing their personal stories who have gone through adoption or who were surprised that I had gone through the things that I went through uh, because I didn't see that or would have even guessed that, you know, being on Instagram or whatnot. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very, it, it's emotional and hearing other people's stories. I mean, it just kind of further, um, shows me my gratefulness for my specific situation. Yeah. And it really goes to show that like, just cause you follow somebody on Instagram, or even if you talk to them regularly, like you don't really know everybody's full story and like what people are currently going through or what they've been through. Um, so that's why it's important to be kind, right? It, exactly. It is. It really is. Um, so was there anything that you really like learned about yourself through the process of sharing your story? Um, anything that I learned about myself, I would just, I mean, I would just say like my, in terms of my situation, like I just feel it, it, it all comes back to like being grateful for, for my situation. I know I already said that, but it's really what it comes down to for me. Um, you know, the strength to be able to pull away from a situation that I was in 
the strength to be able to make life-changing decisions last minute and the strength to be able to move on from that and still put away any kind of upsetting feelings I might get from seeing them um, to be able to be present with them in their lives. So I, it really just comes down to strength and, you know, gratefulness for me because, um, because it's, it's a hard situation and, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's hard, but you know, I, I'm just grateful. So. Yeah. And you are such a strong, such a strong mama, such a strong woman. So inspiring. Um, Thanks, and we girl. love you for sharing your story. So uh, something that I had asked you to kind of chat a little bit about, we were talking about your daughter, Elena, um, mm-hmm. and recently she was diagnosed with autism. Um, and you get a lot of questions because you're open about that. And you get questions about um, like, what were some of the initial signs and what was that process like? Because I think that that, again, is something that a lot of p- families go through or uh, might go through. So did you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, with Elena, Elena is my three-year-old. So I have um, an eight-month-old Luca. I have my three-year-old Elena, and then I have four-year-old Rosalie. Um, With Elena, from a young age, like we kind of knew something was just a little off. Um, But I just didn't really like think of it much, you know, at the time you know, we had a doctor that I wasn't favorable about. And she just kind of with all my children, even with Rosalie, she tried to always say that, like, you know, my children are behind or, you know, that, um, you know, that developmentally and whatnot. Um, So when I had Luca, we switched to a different pediatrician that my mom had my brothers and sisters go to throw, go to growing up. Um, and with him, the first day he met her, he could, he pretty much told me, and he's always down to earth. He's, he's really nice, but he told me, you know, seeing how Elena is acting right now, she has multiple characteristics of autism. I am not a qualified doctor to be able to diagnose you with that, but let's at least send you to someone to get evaluated, see what they have to say, um, it doesn't hurt to take the time to just get evaluated and see what happens and then to go from there. So with her, um, it, it was a process, you know, um, you know, we had to go through the school department, um, to get testing because I guess when they're over three, you have to go through them. If it's under three, it's called early intervention. Um, and that was a process. It took time. Um, so, with her we had to do like tests on where they would watch her um we had to do tests on like asking me questions about how she acts in situations or like how she plays with other kids and um so we did all that and then we what was the next thing we did we had to go through the hearing tests um and with the hearing test we had to go a few times because it was really rough with um it was really rough with the hearing test, especially with her, she gets a little frustrated with um, like noises or things being on her ears. And because of that, it made it like hard at the appointments. Um, And so we really had to, I had to go a couple times to the appointments just because they couldn't get a good reading, which of course is really difficult when you have two other kids there that are distracting her. So it's like, 
really stressful um, in that time. But we did the hearing test and she passed the hearing test, which was like a, a sense of relief, you know, in the process. Uh, and then when we were able to give that back to the school, um, she actually qualified for a special education program um, through the school department for kids that um, do have like special needs and whatnot. So she started that before we even got the diagnosis. Um, and that alone has helped her tremendously with her energy. And, you know, she can't talk yet still, um, but she's starting to, like, she's starting to say things here and there. And the way I like to see it is progress is progress, regardless of how fast her progress is. Um, you can't compare one child to another. I know that they have like milestone ages and whatnot. But every child is different, especially when it comes to the autism spectrum. Um, you can't really compare one to another. So right now we're just kind of looking at it as she's making progress. We're going through, you know, a good direction here. Um, so yeah. yeah. So what were some of those like early on signs that you noticed? Well, you know, looking back now, there's a couple things. Um, I, I just kind of, I just shrugged off as like being a kid. Um, she got frustrated very, very easily. Um, she was like almost on edge all the time. Um, she got hurt a lot. So she'd always end up like falling or hitting her head or um, just, I don't know, just kind of hurting herself almost in a sense. Like she would bite things really hard when she's mad. Um, and this is like when she was like, one, I think two maybe. Um, I'm so bad with ages and trying to remember. Um, but moving forward, she wasn't up to date at all with milestones. Like she was very, very, very behind. And we always went to pediatrician appointments. We always, you know, were on top of what we needed to be as parents. Um, so I didn't quite understand what was going on. And I think recently the biggest concern that I had was her not talking and she actually started to regress with her talking. So she was saying like, mama, dad, dad, baba, but then out of nowhere, she just stopped talking and she started to get aggressive. Um, especially right after we had Luca, which was only eight months ago. She, like, if she didn't get her way, like with us, she would want to take toys and hit Luca or she would go after Rosalie. Um, so she, you could tell she's frustrated because she can't talk. And so she's taking that inner anger and using it physically because she can't express how she's feeling. Right. So honestly, those were my biggest, the, like the verbal and her anger were my biggest kind of like red flags, but it was ultimately, I feel like the pediatrician who really, you know, after I got the second opinion from second pediatrician, and I've always trusted him just because, you know, family, family knew our family knew him, um, you know, going through with it, it, it just kind of all made sense. And through the process and going through the evaluation with what's called CNDC, which is, I believe it's children neurodevelopment center or something like that. It's like children's psychiatrists and whatnot going through that and all the questions they were asking. I mean, there were papers and papers of, you know, the little bubble ABCD answers and man, just so much and them doing like playing with her to see how she would react. 
it really kind of opened my eyes that much further last minute that something wasn't right. And I think that's when it really hit me because like, I was like, yeah, you know, she's behind um, with her talking and this and that she probably has something. I was never in denial about that, but when you start hearing all the questions that are being asked, you know, questions that are being asked to you about your child specifically, it's kind of like, wow, this is, this is Elena. Like, this is her. She does this. Like, I didn't even think to piece all these things together as one. Like, at first, when she wasn't talking and she was very angry, it didn't, at first, it, I didn't even think that it could be because of frustration. Now, you know, going through what I've been through, I can easily say it's probably from being frustrated um, from not being able to talk. But it's just, it's all been a process. It's been very emotional. And, you know, I mean, we are where we are right now. And I, like I said, progress is progress. And, uh, you know, the next step for her is looking into, you know, services for her. Um, and I'll do anything to be able to see her succeed. You know, I don't want to draw her back from anything. Um, I don't want her to feel like she can't do what other people can do. And I know some people are like, oh, it's just autism. They, they just learn differently. But when it's your child and you want what's best for them, it, it hurts a little bit because you want to make sure that they can go somewhere in life, you know, because I'm sure, especially when it comes to teenage years, it's going to be very emotional for her to see other children and why she can't, you know, be up to par with them. So it's just, it's really trying to prepare myself emotionally and mentally to go through the, re the next years, but I'll do anything to see her succeed. So that's kind of where we're at with that. Yeah. I was going to ask how, you dealt with all of this. Like, how did you take care of yourself through oh. this process? Because I would imagine that that's a really huge emotional, um, bag that you're carrying around, right. Trying to protect Definitely. your baby and making sure that she can be as equipped as possible to get through life, which is hard for everyone. Right. Definitely. Um, I feel like it's almost like a heavy, wet bag in your chest almost, you know, is the best way I can describe it. Kind of like holding you down a little bit and you've got to walk as hard as you can to move with that bag. And my biggest stress reliever, and I can't stress this enough, was going to the gym. And if you're here on my Instagram, um, then you've probably seen posts because I tend to hold myself accountable with posting when I'm working out. Um, typically in that post, I will explain, you know, what, what I was doing, if I was having a bad day, how I was feeling and how I felt so much better afterwards. Um, when I, I remember the specific day that she got diagnosed, I was so emotional. Um, and I know a lot of people on here surprisingly also have kids with autism. So it's nice to have that, um, like parent relation almost. Um, and so for me, my biggest thing was I cannot wait to get to the gym. And I know it's like, yeah, you know, everyone says that, but really I could not wait to get to the gym. Um, it's crazy because if you listen to the first podcast episode, I talk about going through substance abuse and I talk about, um, you know, fueling my emotions with life-threatening things. <laughs> um, 
And when I, the, the immediate moment when they were telling me that and they were reading me their findings, um, especially like the school department, there was like six of us on a call and we were talking about it. The first thing I thought of was, damn, I just want to go to a bar and go get a couple of drinks. And then I thought to myself, wow, that's a mindset I haven't had in a while. And that's a mindset that like was the old me. And I was like, you know what? Why am I going to fuel myself with something that's going to make me feel like shit afterwards? You know, instead, I told myself, you know what? Let's just hold it. Just hold yourself. Just wash the damn dishes, change their diapers, clean up the mess. I don't know, go down to the beach, go for a walk, just kind of hold myself there, hold myself together. And then I'll get to the gym as soon as Mario gets off work. We're going to sprint. I haven't been sprinting, but I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then we're going to lift some weights. And I could almost guarantee afterwards, I'd feel so much better. And you know what? It was, I, I remember that workout. I think I was wearing like the pink buff bunny step up crop and Afterwards, I like took a picture of my hand in there. I was like, eh, you know, I felt good. I started tearing up in the locker room because that overflow of feelings that I had, that bag that was sitting in my chest almost felt like it was lifted off my shoulders. And even though the issue isn't resolved in a sense, I felt better. I felt almost, well, I felt that relief and I felt like my mind was clear and I could go back to my house and comprehend what just happened and be able to take the next step um whereas old Brittany would have probably went to the bar you know probably got drunk you know and if I was in Texas I'd probably do some illegal things and the problem would have still been there the next day those feelings would have still been there if not worse and it's just crazy to you know look back and see that I've made that type of progress in my life outside of weight loss. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's like huge progress. Right. Um, and going through, cause we all like life will happen, right? Like we go through difficult shit. Everybody does. Um, so to see you like channeling the energy, um, in a positive way, which is something I can totally relate to, you know, when shit happens and instead of turning to, like you said, alcohol going and get drunk and kind of just masking everything, you know, taking that and turning it into like positive, healthy habits, um, mm -hmm. is like huge. So like, I'm so proud of you and you were just Thank so you. amazing. Yes. You're amazing. Um, so, and you mentioned like, um, like community. So do you have like a community of like other parents that you like can relate to on this topic or, um, well, you know, I don't have a specific group. Um, I do need to look up like on Facebook. I'm sure there's like a local, you know, maybe, you know, a page for parents with autistic children, but with sharing, you know, with you being able to give me the voice to share my story with my last, you know, with the last podcast episode, it has brought me so many people who also have gone through what I've been through or are going through, or may be going through in the future, um, in my inbox. And so it has definitely made me feel like I have the support, um, you know, even from people that I don't even know, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's nice to know that there's someone that understands. Um, but I also have some people that I went to high school with on my Facebook who, um, who reached out to me about it when, cause you know, I'm, 
I have no, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, um, no filter. Like, I'm just kind of like, like, I will talk about anything and everything all the time. Um, so on my Facebook, I pretty much post everything. And uh, I had a couple of people reach out who also are going through the same thing that I would have never expected. Um, so it's nice to know that I have those types of people there. Um, I do know that like right now in this, in this day and this week and this season has been so incredibly busy for me that um, I haven't actually taken the time to find any kind of groups, um, but it is definitely on my to-do list because I do think that like maybe get involved with other parents, even if it's just parent to parent, not child to child. Like I think any effort that's put forth in this type of situation is going to be worth it, you know? Yeah. And that's so cool that like, even just on your Instagram page and your Facebook that you're like receiving support and finding community that way too. So definitely. I mean, it's nice. It's nice to know that you have that there because then you don't feel like you're in this dark alone space because it is already emotionally draining when you're going through it. So to be able to know that you have that type of support there and, um, you know, other people, like you're not alone, you're not alone, you know, to know you're not alone is, it kind of takes that part off of the stress, you know? And you're letting a lot of people know that by sharing your story and the multifacets of your story, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are so many parts to who you are. Um, And I know you and I connect in so many different ways. And it's just, um, I'm, I feel honored to be able to like share your story and then be able to share more of it again. So thank you for coming back on the show. Oh no. Oh no. Thank you. And you know, when it, when it comes to the whole, you know, with Elena and then alone with like the adoption, um, the adoption stuff with Charlie and Nicholas, you know, I feel like, especially after the podcast that we recorded previous to this one um a lot of people come to me in my inbox not being able to comprehend my situation at all and I think that's one thing that if I wanted to tell people about like my adoption that I didn't talk about is it never gets easier like people assume because I'm happy and I'm like energetic and like I visit often that like it probably went from upsetting to like yeah you're probably not that upset to like oh it's it's easy for you like it's hard for anyone outside of my situation to comprehend how I can do what I'm doing right now in the situation given and so if there's one thing I could say about it I would say it doesn't ever get easier You know, I remember, you know, the agency when we were going through with Charlie telling me it's going to get easier. You're going to get busy with your life. You're going to start working. You're probably going to have your own family. And I refuse to believe that I could get like it could get easier for the longest time. You know, Um, I think that I tend to kind of like push my feelings a little bit aside um like in the given time like when I'm here I'm trying to be present I'm trying to be happy um trying to like live in the moment with the kids and just taking my time so all those thoughts that I have about you know rewinding in my head about the adoption and what life could have been 
with the kids and I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get upset, but what they, what it could have been like, don't hit me until I leave. Yeah. Um, so if there's one thing that I could say, Brittany, don't get upset. <laughs> if there's one thing I could say is it doesn't ever get easier. Um, but I think if I like being promised a situation that I have been this whole time with the family about, you know, they would always let me see the kids no matter what. Um, it, um, they would always let me see them no matter what is the one thing that keeps it the the positivity to be able to come and see their lives is more self-satisfying <laughs> than my emotional hurt for the situation um so it definitely it there's one thing I could say it doesn't ever get easier I just learned to be able to deal with my feelings because being a part of their life is a thousand times worth dealing with my feelings for you know and it's I wouldn't be able to have it any other way um it's what I it's what I told them the day that I met them at Texas Roadhouse I told them I said I would never not want to be a part of their lives I couldn't ever just have someone adopt my kids and not know what's going on or whatnot and the agency told me most families just send pictures or write letters and that's not what I wanted at first I didn't even want to do the adoption you know and if you listen to the other podcasts you would know this but I didn't want to do it and so being able to you know over time I realized it's something I had to do so I think you know, I don't even know what I'm getting to with this. I totally forgot my emotions are getting hold of me. No, that's okay. I just want to say that um, anybody who's coming into your inbox, making you feel bad about your story and sharing your story, you can just send them to my inboxes. <laughs> I'll set them straight for you, girl. Um, well, I think that it's uh, it's a lot of times it's just like, well, how could you do it? I mean, you're so strong. It's not always like negative. It's, there's definitely, I mean, there's, it's more positive people than negative, you know, people that are like, you are so strong. I don't know how you could even do that. But you know, when the day came, I, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know, but I just knew if I made that impulsive decision to just sign the papers over that they would have a better life than what I could have ever provided. And in my mind, I just envisioned that life and I envisioned what they could have had and how it could have been with me and I think that like being able to use that as an impulsive decision to be able to make that decision and give them a, an amazing family and trust in their word and trust in their word that they would allow me to be a part of their lives would change everything forever and so I think it is very hard for people to comprehend this type of situation how this could be the way it is how I could go to their house and we just hang out all the time, run errands together, like how we can have this type of relationship. And it's understandable because when I was pregnant with Charlie before we were even doing this, like, or before I even decided to do the adoption, I didn't even know how a situation like this could even be possible. I thought adoption was the worst option out there out of everything. I didn't know. So that's why I'm so grateful to have been able to be on your podcast and be able to share with everyone my story because I feel like, I mean, even myself, I didn't know something like this was possible. 
and it's just incredible and amazing and um it just i feel like it opens doors for other people and helps them to you know be knowledgeable and just kind of walk in my steps of the situation that i've gone through because every situation is different it really is absolutely and i think that it's important to just start normalizing that family um family planning building your family growing your family like it looks very different for everybody. Right. Um, and like your family might not be a traditional family and the choices that you made might not be the choices that other people think that they were capable of making, but like, that's not the point of you sharing this, right? Like the point of you sharing this is to let people know that like, whatever you're going through, like you can get through it. Right. And, um, you know, it's like, I think people assume cause you, and I get this too. People are like, how are you always so like happy, positive. And it's like, you don't get to see me every second of every single day. <laughs> you see this, you see this much of my life, a little tiny bit, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, literally. But I have, I mean, like after the last episode, I had, you know, a, surprisingly quite a few people that have reached out to me that have been in a similar situation. Um, surprisingly, it was more of the adoptive parents than it was any birth parents. Um, so I know that you were previously asking me about like, you know, if there's any similar situations or stories that may have stuck out to me about, you know, this, and I feel like it wouldn't be my position to be able to talk to everyone about everyone's situation because these are so personable and so emotional and, you know, it isn't really my place to be able to do that, but I think that it's crazy the amount of adoptive moms that have reached out to me that were wishing that they could have the situation that I have, that were wishing that their birth, their kids' birth parents would be involved. Um, I feel like a lot of times for the majority of the people that have reached out to me, um, it's unfortunate situations where moms are in jail or moms are addicted to drugs or, um, the kids were placed for foster care and were eventually adopted or something like that. Um, just situations that I feel like me, my story and me personally, like I wouldn't fit into, um, but could have been in if I would have kept them. Um, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you talked about that. You weren't in a great place. You were in a really abusive relationship. You both were using drugs and alcohol and it's like, you were very young as well. Right. And you made the choice that you needed to make. And, um, this is your story, right? There is no right or wrong. This is just what you've been through and the choices that you've made. And, um, I love that you do get to go see them and you get to see this life that they, you know, and you get, you gave parents who wanted to be parents that couldn't be on their own, their dream, right. Everything that they wanted. And that's like, as someone who struggles with that myself, and I talked about the first episode, I'm gonna try not to cry on this episode, but (laughs) (laughs) they can see Uh, us this time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I know they could see our tears. Um, that is such a testament to who you are and how selfless you are, um, and how incredible, um, of a mother that you are. Right. Um, so 
kudos to you for sharing all of this because I know it can't be easy and there's always somebody who's got something to say right (laughs) yeah literally and it's not it's not always easy but I feel like if this can give someone else hope or you know I just think back to how I didn't know that anything like this could be possible and I thought the worst and I just wish everyone knew that it's not always a bad situation it's not adoption isn't like a pet store where you go and pick out a child you know what I mean it's not it's not like that like it's so much more emotional and it's so much more intimate and close Um, obviously not every situation is like that but it has potential to be depending on what you want or what the birth parents want or the situation that you're in so to be able to kind of like give that knowledge out to people is something that I always said I wanted to do and that's why I'm just grateful to be able to have been on your podcast and to share this with people because I know that it's reaching people that it probably wouldn't have if you didn't invite me. So I love that. And that's why I do this podcast because I get to share so many incredible stories like yours. Um, So now where you're at, um, just as far as like your overall wellness journey, um, I know we're kind of like in the similar space where we're like, okay, we're done losing weight. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like weight loss is like, man, it really like takes over your life, especially when you're like really good at it and you lose all the weight. And then it mm-hmm. almost becomes this like addictive. It's like, thing, a, right? like you get like addicted yeah. to losing the pounds, but then once you get to a spot where you're like, okay, I can maintain this. Like this is, I feel good. I'm, I'm healthy. Um, I feel like this is sustainable for me. It's like, okay, now what? Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's where I'm at. Like I, before I got pregnant with Luca, I lost, it was 86 pounds and I got down to like my lowest. But when I think back to like being at my lowest, I was eating very small portions and I was working out probably way too much. Like I was, I remember I would go to the gym and I would do cardio, like all stairs. And then I would go back to the gym later on that night. It was like, anytime I was bored, I would go to the gym, which was often because I, at the time I, it was before we moved to Oregon, I believe is yeah. When I, when I hit my lowest was when we moved to Oregon. Um, and so when I got pregnant, after I got pregnant with Luca and, you know, I started back on my journey, I just, I didn't make a goal weight for myself. You know, I just said, you know what, we'll just go and see, you know, what happens and see how I feel and just kind of go based off of how I'm feeling. Uh, because regardless of a number, it depends on how I feel, not the number, you know? Um, yeah. so I think at this point, you know, as, as you know, and some people may know, like I stopped Weight Watchers a couple months ago. Um, I just... I don't know. I feel comfortable like where I'm at. Um, Of course, we all envision ourselves, you know, being fitter. Um, But I think that like at this point in my journey specifically, I'm just kind of looking to get stronger. And we all know being stronger results to having more muscle, which results to a faster metabolism. And then you you know, keeping the weight off and, you know, so it's kind of just like, I'm resulting more towards how I feel. Like I'm trying to think of how I feel. Do I feel good mentally? Do I feel good physically? Like, how do I feel when I get dressed in the morning? Like, it's not like, oh, I need to reach this number to prove to everyone that I could lose the weight. Like, like doing Instagram and all that, sharing my journey. It's been amazing. Um, It's definitely helped hold me accountable 
but I'm looking to live like more present in the moment and just kind of go based off of how I feel with my journey. I think a lot of times, especially in this Instagram world, people want to do what they know people like. And sometimes that, that messes up where you're at. Like that kind of messes up your role for what you're doing. That's and such a good it- point. You're so right. There's so many people just doing things that like they feel are like trendy or yeah. whatever's going to get them followers or because like being a part of the WW community does really a lot of people see you, right? Because it is a very like um well, so it's clicky. It's very yeah. clicky. Yeah. Because- so so did you get backlash when you were like, I'm not doing WW anymore? Because most people yeah, do. So, I mean, I don't I don't I didn't get a whole lot of hate mail. Um, in my inbox, <laughs> which I was surprised about because I was expecting, you know, yeah. but they, they, I did the cult did, members. They get crazy. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I, um, I did have people like I had my, my following obviously slowed down. Um, people unfollowed me, which is cool. Like you don't like my shit. I don't care. You know, there's the door, whatever it hey. is, what it is. Um, <laughs> I'm not here to please everyone. This is my yep. journey. Yeah. Um, so that kind of happened. Um, so not it's it hasn't been all crazy, but I think honestly, P I've made so many friends on here, like you, for instance, that um, you know, beyond weight loss, like we're friends. So like we talk about things and it's more than just weight loss, you know. And so you see people's true colors when you do things like leave Weight Watchers or change things up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, I got so much shit going on in my life that like, <laughs> if it hurts you that I lost Weight Watchers, well, I'm sorry, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to stay and do things just because it's what everyone else likes at this point, um, which I'm, I'm sure is personal on- growth for you, right? I definitely feel like it because I definitely, when I like was first on Instagram, I definitely felt the pressure to feel like I had to consistently post, you know what I mean? And I don't really like, I don't really care, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It is I can, what it is, re- I can but- relate to that for sure too. It used to be this, like, I got to post every day and like, yeah. I got to be on my stories. And like, now I'm like, it's weird. Like even the other day, like I didn't talk on my stories all day and I got like five messages. They're like, are you okay? I I hope you're doing okay. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I'm like, when, when I get those messages, like I appreciate it, but I do have a lot of Insta moms on, on Instagram. It seems like who are concerned for my well being, um, which I appreciate, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I think my Nana and my family alone is enough. Um, but in terms of like the the ww clickish stuff like i'm still on like a ww like facebook page i don't know i don't even really go on facebook that much now um and one time someone was like and this was like last week someone was like can um how many points would you track in the app for four bananas i know there's zero points but when you're eating four like shouldn't you count a couple points and i was like why are you eating four bananas (laughs) First of all, (laughs) I was like, um, so I commented on it and I was just like nicely saying like, okay, try and think of four bananas as like, they're about 110 calories each. That's like 450 calories and bananas. Well, my God, God forbid I post that on there. We are not about calories in here. Get out of here. We don't count calories. We count points. And I was like, whoa I was like you do realize I lost most of my weight on Weight Watchers right like you do realize I know what 
I'm doing. Like, you know what I mean? They, it got yeah. very Weird. attacking. And I was just like, whoa, you sound like you're a part of some, like, um, what is it called? Not like click, cult. You sound like you're a part of a cult. Yeah. Sorry, I think my thing, my thing cut off. Um, I was like, yeah. you sound like you're part of a cult right now. Like, I was just like, you know what? Don't even talk to me. I just got off of there. I'm like, it's crazy. It's crazy how like cultish people get over that stuff. And I don't, like, I don't bash Weight Watchers or anything, but like, don't come at me like that, you know? Like, I'm trying to help you. Exactly. Um, like- and I think that when you're on W, like WW is so amazing, especially, um, if you're like, you just want to lose weight, you have no idea what you're doing. You don't know anything about nutrition or calories, all that shit's really overwhelming. Right. So it is really easy. It simplifies everything for you, but then it gets to a certain point where it's like, you do have to do the due diligence, due diligence yourself to start learning more about nutrition and start learning more about caloric value. And, um, because like, zero points is, isn't zero calories. Right. Um, So it's like, you have people like that who are literally just eating bananas and, and chicken breasts and Greek yogurt all day because it's zero points. And it's like, well, you're missing like very important nutritious yeah, uh, food groups. And then also like that doesn't sound very satisfying. No, it's definitely not something you could do long term. It sounds like a let me just suffer while I eat this. And then when I get to my goal, then I'll be happy, which isn't the case at all. Nope. You know, nope. I definitely feel like for me specifically, and I talked about this before, um, that like Weight Watchers helped me be able to recognize my portions, to be able to balance, to be able to eat things in moderation and kind of find that balance between foods. I think that at this point in my journey, I started Weight Watchers in 2018. At this point in my journey, I feel like I'm beyond that. Like I already know those things. I can be mindful. I can balance out my foods if I want to, you know what I mean? Like I can do these things. So that's why like, I'm grateful for Weight Watchers, but I feel like I'm beyond that at this point now. You know what I mean? Like I'm on to the next thing, which for me is like, I kind of wanted to start like tracking macros and calories just to kind of like, you know, like I was not going to track, which I didn't track, um, for like a whole month after I stopped Weight Watchers, I was just kind of, you know, seeing what I could do on my own without nothing, just seeing if I could be able to manage like, or I guess sort of be sustainable, like to be able to sustainably, you know, keep those mindsets going without having to insert something into a tracker, you know? Um, so I was thinking about tracking macros because I want to focus on making sure I'm feeling my muscles with the proper amounts of food or the right foods or whatnot for me specifically, just kind of like go to that next level for me. Um, so that's kind of like what I've been thinking on um, this season. The past couple months have been so incredibly busy um, <laughs> with door dashing and those crazy stories and just these trips and everything. Like I haven't really actually been tracking. I've just kind of like been doing what I did the first month I stopped tracking. Um, and I don't know, it feels good, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say for me, like not tracking. I mean, I haven't been tracking for, I think the last time I intentionally tracked was the last holiday season. So Mm -hmm. almost a year ago now. Um, and prior to that, I really wasn't tracking much, but I did for a moment have that like, oh, I need to like reel it back in moment. Right. Yeah, so it is, yeah. it's not linear. And I think people assume that, that like, okay, if I decide that I'm not going to do a program anymore, um, then now I'm just like 
somewhere else. Right. Like, but no, it's like this, like a lot of this diet culture shit, especially is like really embedded into our brains. But, um, I'll say for me, like not tracking over this last year and just really maintaining. And I've been maintaining for, um, over two years, two and a half years now. Uh, like, which is awesome. It just, it feels really good to just like be living life and to not be so obsessive, like about food and just everything. Like I yeah. just, I, it, but it's a process, right? It and is. like, that doesn't mean every single day I just wake up and I'm like, I have no food issues anymore. Like, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to deal with food and body image issues forever. Like most yeah. of us who are in this space. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, that doesn't mean that there can't be progress and growth. Oh yeah, Still, definitely. Right? So many different areas too. Like mm-hmm. I th- I think like going back on this whole Instagram thing, a lot of times people feel like they need to continue doing what other people want to see. And I think like the moment when you start to like realize it's not about other people and it's about you and your journey and what yes. you want to do, it's kind of like that chain is kind of broke. And I never like held myself to doing things I didn't want to. I always like, I loved posting on Instagram. I loved doing all this stuff. Um, but I felt like when I was forced to be in Instagram jail for a week, it kind of opened my eyes to how invested I was into Instagram. And I was like, Whoa, I would normally hop on Instagram and make a post about this or, Whoa, I would normally do this. Or I would tell Mario to wait a second so I can hurry up and do this real quick. Like, you know what I mean? And that was kind of like a, why the heck was I doing that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why the heck would I make Mario wait before we go grocery shopping? Cause I got to finish this YouTube video. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's, you know, there's, there's gotta be a healthy balance between like living in the present moment and living your life. And also like, if you want to do something like that as a hobby, that's awesome, which I love doing my stuff, but like, I'm not gonna live in the future. You know what I mean? So to speak, like constantly, videoing or constantly doing this or that like if I want to cool but I'm not gonna feel like I need to do it every single second you know yeah so that being said like so what is next for you um in your social media world um so I know the last time we talked on the podcast I talked about doing like a meal planner like making a meal planner which I still am so passionate about meal planning, but with how busy I am, I feel like if I haven't done it already, it must not be like that strong of a want. Um, so with this time during my downtime that I've been down here um, on this trip, I've just been kind of trying to brainstorm on things that I want to do. That's going to be long-term. Like it's nice to have hobbies and things that, you know, are fun, but I want to do something at least in my time, especially with being a stay at home mom right now with the kids and just kind of supplementing, you know, using DoorDash for some income for when I want things. Um, I want to, I wanted to focus on doing something that is going to benefit me in my future. Um, So I was thinking about like, I've always been creative. (laughs) I, I loved art in school and, um, I was always like a drawer or painter. Like I was, I always had an artsy creative side. Um, so I feel like, you know, at this time I'm obviously like still brainstorming on what I want to do, but I'm kind of interested in doing like a cookie business, which I know, like, it's like, really, I mean, I don't know. I look at it and I was thinking about it last night. I was like, you know, everyone makes t-shirts, everyone makes cups, you know what? And I know people make cookies too, but like, I feel like I could be really good at it. And I was talking to Mario and I was like, 
I kind of want to do this. And he's always so supportive of anything I want to do anything. And so here I am like looking up like things that I need, like utensils. I went and bought like a notebook from five below just to write down like a list of things that I want to get. And so like, I think it would be so much fun because I could do it staying at home and you never know, like, and this is where like, it's kind of nice to start brainstorming and trying things. Cause if you don't step your foot in the water to see what happens, how are you going to know if it's going to be for you? You know? So I think it's nice. Like I wanted to do the meal planner. I, now I'm kind of like interested in doing this. Like it's okay to flop around and figure out, you know, what is going to be good for you. And I think that that's kind of where I'm at. I'm looking for something that like is going to benefit me in my future. And, um, you know, I, I am in this kind of tight spot right now. You know, I have the three kids I'm at home. It's if I want to work, it would have to be at nighttime, which nighttime working wouldn't be good for me because I would be tired, angry, even worse, no patience, you know, throughout the day with the kids. And so I'm kind of like in the spot where I'm trying to find something productive that will benefit me in the given situation that I am. And I know when I put my mind to something and I want something, I will do it. Um, I will find a way. I have a great support system with Mario. Um, So at this point in time in my life, I'm just kind of testing the waters, see, you know, what, what will go about, you know, my way and just kind of see where life takes me. And I just remind myself that if something's meant to be, it'll happen. If not, there's something better for you in the future. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm the same exact way. And I know everybody is not that way. I know some people need a very rigid plan and routine. Um, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that's why we get along so well, because we're very much so just like (laughs) go with the flow. Um, and I'm the same way. Like I always have all these ideas and like, I'm such a creative person and like, I'll be like, Ooh, I have this idea. And then I'll like execute it. And then I'll be like, nah, it's not really for me. And then I'll move on to the next thing, you know? And it's like, that's that entrepreneurial mindset, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I really believe that both you and I will, well, find that thing and maybe it'll be multiple things and yeah, that's okay. Right. Like that's just the type of people we are. And I think some people see that and like, they just don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure you've had people in your life like that, that like, just don't get that part of you. Yeah. I uh, think it's my whole family's kind of like that, you know, yeah, my whole family like, is like the type oh, of yeah. people that yeah. They're the type of people that are like, that's you not go get work. like a nine to five and you need, you know, and it's like some people just aren't those types of people. I've worked the nine to five. I've done the corporate job and all that shit. And I was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Shit. You're going to live your life. You die. They just replace you. What's the point? Like exactly. <laughs> and you don't get to come back. You're not like, right. Hey, bitch, I'm back. Like, it's not like that. Like you're, once you're gone, you're gone. They don't care, you know? Right. And, I don't know. And I think that for a while, like Instagram, like, like being so consistent on my Instagram was a great hobby for me, but it ultimately consumed anything that could have potentially like done something for me. And I feel like in the future, you know, and I wouldn't have realized that if I didn't get put on Instagram jail. Um, but with that time, <laughs> it kind of just kind of gave me some realizations, you know, and I think that at this point in time, I'm just trying to move forward. And it's, not only hard because of being a stay-at-home mom, but, you know, like I talked about in the other podcast, I got in trouble with the law, and that is one thing that prevents me from being able to do, like, my childhood dream at the moment, so I'm kind of, like, stuck in this position where I can't do something that 
I really wanted to for the longest time because of that. I can't change the past. So I'm not going to sit here and cry about it, but I'm going to sit here and just try and work with what I got, see what can happen. I mean, you know, uh, you got to get uncomfortable. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So let's just put myself in a freaking uncomfortable situation, do it, see what happens. And if it's meant to be, it'll be, I mean, why not try, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, so we had a couple of questions from listeners. Um, someone wanted to know if you have any further plans to move to Florida. Oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, in terms of, um, in terms of my family, I mean, the most person that I care about is my Nana and my Papa. Um, those are my mom's parents. And they're really close with Rosalie and, you know, my kids. And they are getting older. So I do know that my Nana does want to move to Florida at some point. But ultimately, I don't want to stay in Rhode Island for the rest of my life. I hate it there so much. <laughs> I mean, you'll pay like, 1500 a month for like a crappy one bedroom that in the city that probably has bugs like it's just it's insane you know it's not worth it and honestly like I'm so close with this family like it's weird for people to comprehend how close we are I mean Sherry is literally like my sister to me and that's the mom um I mean it's just it's amazing and I enjoy my time and it's not weird it's not like can I like do this or it's just like go do what you want like go get food out of the fridge if you want it's you know? family so where literally we're family so I want to be around them they want me to move here so bad too and I want to move here so bad it's um right now just a tight spot because in order to get a place you have to show work history and in order to show work history and work here, you have to have a place to live. So like, what do you do? Do you live in a motel and just kind of like wait out time, but you got to have money. How are you going to do that? When You know what I mean? It's, it's a weird situation. It's not and simple. It isn't. And I can't get like a job at a hospital because of the trouble that I was in, you know, right. years ago. I, and as much as I want to, like, I like to pull the money in, you know, and I'm kind of stuck in the spot where I can't, you know, I mean, there's some things I can do, but that's why I'm going to start doing what I'm doing right now, you know, just keep trying. Um, and then with Mario, like we can look for a job for him. We were told that you can like show, like get a letter from an employer showing how much you're going to make as proof. But at the same time, like places don't always want to depend on that because what if something happens, you know? So it's kind of like this tough situation. Um, and I wouldn't want to ask them if we could stay with them because we all know like when you live with people, like you're going to butt heads at some point. And I just don't want an awkward situation like that to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we've talked about it at some point where we're going to butt heads, but families do that. People do that. You know what I mean? It's never going to stop our relationships. So right. Conflict is inevitable in any relationships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, yeah, I think that people kind of, especially in the internet, right. Cause you see people do this all the time, like pick up and move across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, and they'll document that or whatever. And, but they'll just document like, again, 
that much of it, right? A little yeah. tiny bit of it. And then I think it gives people this perception that like, it's just so easy to pick up and move across. And it's like, no, no. and especially we, and with, with little ones and families, oh, yeah. and jo- like, it's just not simple, but. And yeah, when we moved out to Oregon, we picked up and left back in 2018 and look where we are now. We are back in Rhode Island. It did back not work started. <laughs> Yeah, like $8,000 later, 4000 there to move all our stuff and 4000 back. I mean, it was just absolutely insane and a waste of money. So we learned our lesson with that one. Yes, yeah. now you know to, it takes time, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so that was one of the planning. That was one of the next questions we got is someone wants to know where you see yourself in five years. I definitely see myself being successful in anything. I don't know what it is in five years. I definitely want to be where I want to settle down, which is hopefully here in Florida. So I feel like in order to get somewhere, we can't just kind of like wing it and just kind of hope it's going to happen. I think that putting a plan in action and working towards that is definitely important. So that's that kind of relates to what I said about like where I'm at right now in this point in time, just kind of like, you know, having that moment where you're like, wow, I'm just riding through life. I need to like do something and not do something that's unenjoyable, but do something that's going to make me successful and, you know, make me feel good and that I enjoy. And so I think that in five years, I definitely want to be down here in Florida. Um, I definitely want to have found something um, that I enjoy doing, whether it makes, you know, me tons of money or, like good money. It doesn't matter. I I just want to be able to do something that is going to help us um, not have to work a nine to five job and, you know, something that I enjoy doing that I feel good about. Um, You know what I mean? So that's, I mean, it's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. A lot can happen in five years too. Like I think about where I was at five years ago. Yeah, that's very true. Right. And where I'm at now, I wouldn't have said that this is where I wanted to be in five years, five years ago. But like, this is exactly where I need to be right now. Right. So like, exactly. A a lot can happen in that time. um, But also it goes by fast. I don't know. Time's exactly. Yeah. I'm hoping me and Mario will be officially married by then, too. Yeah, I was going to say, how about some wedding (laughs) bells? I was like, my my Nana's over here going to Family Dollar getting like these fake roses and the other day she was like I have them all over my bed and I was like why and she's like because I'm saving it for a special event and I'm like Nana you don't even know if I want pink roses at my wedding and she's like she doesn't care (laughs) she's like don't care So, I mean, we were talking about just possibly going and getting like our marriage license because at this point in time, like we have other more like, for instance, moving here is kind of like more of a priority than having a big wedding. Yeah. Weddings are stupid expensive and the wedding industry is a beast. It is very, um, it it prize on or praise on people's love. Yeah. Yeah. It tests you. It tests you. It really does. Planning a wedding. Yeah. It shouldn't be as stressful as it is, but you know, capitalism. So yeah, exactly. Um, but if you guys want to have a quickie wedding, I got some tips for you. To yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Send it my way. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I was even thinking of just going to do like a little getaway with Mario and just kind of like get, get married and then just do like a, like a ceremony or whatever later. I mean, honestly, I don't care. I just like, you know, I just yeah. want, Mario's like, well, what's going to happen when we get married? And he's religious. And I would say that, like, I do have beliefs and I'm religious too. So I, I want to get married. Um, 
but it's just a matter of when and I don't think that like a ceremony is that important at the moment um at this point in time I think that like you know obviously every month we pay rent on our place and we're renting it and we're just kind of like this is life <laughs> like we're well, just here yeah well this I feel like the ceremony uh because like it's more the party that's expensive, yeah. right? Cause you can do <laughs> yeah. like a really inexpensive ceremony. ceremony. Like if it's just you guys, yeah, <laughs> you know, and maybe a few other people, um, you know, in a, you can even do ceremonies in a free location. There are so many loopholes, but it's the guests. It's yes. all the other people that that's what's expensive because you have to feed them. You have to have room for them, tables for them, alcohol, oh, yeah. whatever beverages, all that shit. Yeah. And then entertainment. That's all the stuff that's really expensive. So yeah. um, I got all the tips. I should start uh, like a cheap wedding planning business. Hell yeah, there you go. <laughs> Make an Instagram. Oh my gosh. No way. After planning my own backyard wedding, I will never. Oh, I'm sure. I'm ever sure. do that again. It's not oh recommended. Gosh. It is so stressful. All I know um, is Mario's like, we're Mexican. We need a lot of beer. Um, yep. Yeah. That's what we did. So we had, well, so I talked about this on our marriage uh, for real episode. My husband and I had a very real conversation about our relationship and marriage and all that. Um, but our wedding, we actually got, we eloped six months exactly before our actual wedding. Um, and then just to take all the pressure off, I was like, I just want, cause I was like you, I was like, I just want to be married to you. Like, I don't really give a sh I did, was the one that yeah. didn't even want a wedding. He wanted the wedding. Cause he was like, everybody's <laughs> gotta be there. And like, Oh, oh that whole thing. Um, <laughs> So we got married. Our cab driver was our witness. It was literally just us. We got to pick the ceremony. We got to pick like what was said. It was like so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just so intimate, you know, it was yeah, like, and that's what I want for you guys. Right. And yeah. your family, right? So your kids and you guys, that's who it's for. Yeah. Um, that's but what I'm then looking we, for. yeah, but then we did have the wedding and we did the backyard thing, which meant like, you literally have to plan every single detail but we did the big puerto rican wedding my family cooked <laughs> all the food we had buffet style home-cooked puerto rican food um, we had a salsa band in my parents garage like it was just <laughs> it was the best and then we just got like kegs and then yeah well something that we actually did instead of having a bridal shower we had a stock the bar party um so since we were having a backyard wedding um we just threw a party, like obviously before the wedding, instead of the bridal shower and had people bring liquor. And then that was the liquor that we had at the wedding. Oh shit. That's a smart idea. Super smart because we're like, you know, when you're like, you guys already live together, you're already, you know, like you don't need a registry. You don't yeah. need a freaking yeah. blender and like no. sheets and towels. Like we have that <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah. So we did the stock, the bar party, which saved us literally thousands of dollars. And then that way I was like, if you want a certain liquor, guess what? It'll be there because you provided it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, then, yeah, that's a good idea. and then for our actual wedding, we asked for cash. We were like, we don't, we want money. We don't yeah. want, <laughs> we don't need anything. We don't need plates. We don't need Tupperware. We don't need any of that shit. We need money. Um, <laughs> yeah. and and most people respected that. And we ended up breaking even on our whole wedding. And then oh, we wow. went on our honeymoon with all that cash. So like it yeah. worked out really well. Which I'd rather have that. 
Yeah, I'd rather have yeah. a honeymoon, a nice, yeah. some a lot alone time together. Yeah. So if you, will, I'll help you plan your 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 wedding and help. I'll you guys, hit you so. up about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, don't forget, you guys coming out here too. Yes, yes. And then we did have a question in the comments too. someone wanted to know if the kids know that you're their birth mom, which you do talk about this on the first episode. But um, I don't know if you wanted to answer that on this one as well. So so they're seven and eight years old. So they're not like they understand, but they're not 100 percent. Like when you think of yourself at seven or eight years old, like you understand things, but doesn't like you know what I mean? They're still really young. Um, so at this point in time, any questions that they ever have about anything, the parents are always 100% honest about, um, with them and open. Um, so they have asked like, Oh, is, um, Brittany, my mom. And it's like, I'm the birth mom. Um, and Sherry's the mom because I mean, they are the mom, you know, they take care of them. Um, which at first it was really hard to kind of like break that thought in my head but years later I mean it's been eight years now um they're the parents I'm the birth mom they call me Brittany which is I'm fine with that's my name um but they know that they came out of my belly so they always asked all the time they're like um did I Brittany did I come out of your belly and yes you know and anything that the parents want to say like I'm all for, but they're, they've never hid anything from them and they never will hide anything. Um, they're always so open with the kids about any questions they have. Um, you know, and, and, and it just, it's just kind of that, you know, they're never like, they never try and hide anything. Um, and they're always open about everything. So it's never like a, we have to talk before we talk to the kids type of situation. You know, it's, it is what it is. This is reality. They know it. And of course, growing up, they're probably, especially teenage years, when all the hormones hit, they're probably going to have, it's probably going to be a little tough, you know, but I do think that at least having this foundation, they've grown up knowing me, they know me, um, they don't know their biological father, um, but they know me. And I think that like, that is something that makes it 80% easier for them and everyone. Um, so yeah, they, they, they don't, they don't call me mom, but they know I'm their birth mom and they know that they came out of my belly at this point. It's just cause they're really young, you know, of course, yeah. when they're older, they'll comprehend the situation a little bit more, but it is a little bit tough for them to understand at this age. So yeah. Hope that answered that. Yes, it did. Um, she said, thank you. So thank you. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Before we wrap up anything else you want to let the people know? I just, I just want to say thank you for, um, for the support from everyone in the given situation and just really like reassuring me of, you know, my decision and like my situation and everything. Like, it's always nice to have support of people, you know, but to know that you have support of, like so many other people just kind of reinforces how I feel. And then of course I can't like leave here without thanking you for having me on the podcast, not once, but twice, because just, and I, and I've said this to you, but being able to give me the voice to be able to have my story heard, not because it's my story, but because it's a story worth hearing, I think is like, it's so incredible. And not that my story is so incredible, which it is, but being able to show people that these types of situations are out there and they're happening. And I think that that just kind of 
it's it's a realm that people don't hear about and so it's nice to be able to put it out there so i can't thank you enough for uh for allowing me to have that voice and you know reassuring by by allowing me to have that voice reassuring me that like this has all this was all meant to be and i'm where i'm at in my life now because of it and sometimes re-talking about it reliving it kind of like reinforces that for you so i love you girl I love you too. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.